Wow. <laughs> wow. What a way to start this portion of our worship, to sing that song, How Great God Is. There is a God, He is alive. And in spite of all that's going around us and happening over off the east coast of Florida, uh, God is still there, and God still cares. A question was asked to me a while back, and I can't remember if it was in writing or in having a conversation with someone. They asked, are there other gods? And the answer to that is yes, there are other, other gods. Uh, Exodus chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, as uh, um, Brother, Matt Scott, Brother Scott read, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You will have no other gods before me. God recognizes that there are other gods. Are there other gods? No, there are no other gods. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, says Jehovah, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. And beside me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. So you have two different verses here in the Bible. One, acknowledge, God acknowledges that there are other gods, in the other verse, God says, there's never been any other gods. There was none before me. There are none after me. Well, it's clear. When we read through the Old Testament that people were worshiping other gods. When we read about Rachel and Leah and when they were married to Jacob and Jacob was leaving his his relationship, his employee-employee family relationship with Laban. And they were leaving and Jacob was taking the flocks that the Lord had blessed him with that Rachel stole Laban's household gods. Sometimes you'll see a footnote or even it'll be in the text, the teraphim. And she stole those household gods and the account is Laban came and one of the excuses that he used for, for chasing and, and pursuing after uh, Jacob was the fact that they had stole his household gods. And through a series of events, he wasn't able to find them. Even Jacob hadn't taken them and he says, well, if you find them, we'll put to death the person that took them. And Rachel was able to hide them. But the fact of it was that Laban said that you have taken my gods. And these teraphim, I've seen them at the um, British Museum. They're about that tall, tall, little, they call them household gods. Well, we go on and we see as we're studying in our Bible class about Egypt. And we see that they obviously worshipped other gods. And their gods seemed to situate around animals and, and the... Um, those things up above us at night, stars and planets. 
because they worshipped the sun. Ra was one of their major gods, but they also worshipped uh, Horus the hawk, the hawk. They also had uh, a cat that they worshipped. And in Exodus chapter 12, verse 12, we read God talking about his plagues. He says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and notice, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And so the plagues that God sent, Jehovah sent against Egypt in a large portion were directed against these gods that Egypt worshipped. God acknowledged that they worshipped them as gods. We read on, the Canaanites. The Canaanites were more nature gods. In other words, they worshipped Baal was the god of storms. And thus in 1 Kings chapter 18, when we read the account of Elijah and the prophets of Baal and that great contest there on Mount Carmel that Elijah says each of us build an altar and we'll put wood on it and we'll put a, 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 a we'll cut up a um, one of those animals ox <laughs> and we'll put that on it and then you call from Baal to come down and send lightning to send fire to burn up that that sacrifice and if you're familiar with the count Man, they were just calling to Baal all day, all day. They were dancing around and doing their chants and everything. He was, Baal wasn't answering, and they started cutting themselves. They figured, you know, they thought if they brought blood, you know, that God would have mercy on him, and he would extend this fire, and he'd burn this. And Elijah's there. Hey, is your God on vacation? Is he asleep? Has he gone to the bathroom? And that's in the text, in the original text. And, of course, when Elijah's turn came up, Elijah took, he built that altar, built a trench around it, filled the trench with water, soaked the sacrifice, and he lifted his eyes up to God. And God sent fire from heaven and consumed the water, consumed the wood, consumed the sacrifice. But those Canaanites and even Israel at this time, because of the influence of Jezebel, Worship these natural gods. And in part of that, because they were dealing with nature, produs, prod, production and proclivity, I guess maybe that's a procreation, maybe a better word, was part of their religious experience. So much of what the Canaanites and what, much of what Israel did in worship to these Canaanite gods was extremely and highly immoral and an abomination to God. Well, we read on about the Philistines, and they worship multiple gods. And it's said when the Philistines defeated Saul and, and his army, when Saul was killed and, and Jonathan was killed and, and Saul's other sons were killed in that war, it says in 1 Chronicles chapter 10, verse 10, that they put the armor of Saul in the temple of their gods and fastened his head on the temple of Dagon. They fastened Saul's head on the temple of one of their idols. They worshipped other gods. When we get to the time of Jeroboam, and Jeroboam in 1 Kings chapter 12, Jeroboam, prophet of God, had said to him, you know, rent this garment, and Jeroboam rents it, he takes 10 pieces, 10, God says, I'm giving to you 10 pieces. 
of the kingdom of God. And Jeroboam took the ten tribes to make the northern kingdom. But Jeroboam was not confident in his relationship with God. So he built a gold calf in Dan and he built a gold calf in Bethel. Gold calf in Bethel. And he says, these are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. And he sets up a new priesthood. He sets up new days of worship that were different than what God had set up through Moses and the law that he had given him. Worshipped other gods. And then we come to the time of Amaziah. And we read that he, when he goes to the area and slaughters the Edomites, it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 25 and verse 14, Now it was so that after Amaziah came from the slaughter of the Edomites, that he brought the gods of the people of Seir, set them up to be his gods, and bowed before them and burned incense to them. Clearly, the Bible says that these are gods. How do I reconcile what God says? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and you shall worship no other gods except me. Stating the fact that, implying that there were other gods. With God's statement in Isaiah where he says, there were no other gods before me, there are no other gods after me. How do we reconcile that? Notice what God says about these other gods. I want you to turn to the book of Isaiah. And we're going to read extensively from Isaiah chapter 44 and chapter 46. Isaiah chapter 44, beginning in verse 1. Open your Bibles there. Isaiah chapter 44, beginning in verse 1. And we're going to read down through verse 20. So it's going to be an extensive reading. But I want you to hear what God says about these other gods. Yet hear now, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jerusalem, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the watercourses. One will say, I am the Lord's. Other will call himself by the name of Jacob. And another will write with his hand, the Lord's, a name himself by the name, and name himself by the name of Israel. Thus says the Lord the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, I am the last. Besides me there is no God, and who can proclaim as I do? Then let him declare it and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people. And the things that are coming and shall come, let them show these to them. Do not fear nor be afraid, have I not told you? From that time and declared it, you are my witnesses. Is there any God beside me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. Those who make an image, all of them are useless. And their precious things shall not profit. 
They are their own witnesses. They neither see nor know that they may be ashamed. Who would form a God or mold an image that profits him nothing? Surely all his companions would be ashamed. And the workmen, they are mere men. Let all them be gathered together. Let them stand up. Yet they shall fear, they shall be ashamed together. The blacksmith with the tongs works one of the coals, fashions it with hammers, works it with the strength of his arm. Even so, he is hungry and his strength fails. He drinks no water and is faint. The craftsman stretch out his rule. He marks one out with the chalk. He flash fashions it with a plan, plane. He marks it out with the compass and makes it like the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man, that it may remain in the house. He cuts down cedars for himself, and he takes the cypress and the oak. He secures it for himself among the trees of the forest. He plants a pine, and the rain nourishes it. And then it shall be for a man to burn, for he will take some of it and warm himself. Yes, he kindles it and bakes bread. Indeed, he makes a god and worships it. He makes it a carved image and falls down to it. He burns half of it in the fire, and with this half he eats meat. He roasts the roast and is satisfied. He even warms himself and says, Ah, I am warm. I have seen the fire. And the rest of it he makes into a god, his carved image. He falls down before it and worships it, prays to it and says, Deliver me, for you are my god. They do not know nor understand, for he has shut their eyes so they cannot see, and their hearts so that they cannot understand. And no one considers it in his heart, nor is there knowledge nor understanding to say. I have burned half of it in the fire. Yes, I have also baked bread on its coals. I have roasted meat and eaten it. And I shall make the rest of it an abomination. And shall I fall down before a block of wood? He feeds on ashes. His deceived heart has turned him aside. And he cannot deliver his soul, nor say, Is there not a lie in my right hand? What's Isaiah saying? These aren't gods. You've made them your God. You've taken something, and Isaiah explains it, or God explains it through Isaiah. You take this block, you take this section of a tree. You cut down a tree, you plant it, the rain comes, the sun comes, the heat comes, the land nourishes it, everything makes this tree grow and you cut this piece of this tree down and you cut a section off of it and then you take half of that and you put it in the fire and you warm yourself with it and you cook your food over it and then you take the other half of that section and you whittle it down and make a God and bow to Turn over to chapter 46, verses 5 through 9. To whom will you liken me and make me equal? To compare me that we should be alike. They lavish gold out of the bag and weigh silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith and he makes it a god. They prostrate themselves, yes, they worship. They bear it on the shoulder, they carry it, 
and set it in its place, and it stands. From its place it shall not move, though one cries out to it, yet it cannot answer, nor save him out of his trouble. Remember this, and show yourselves, men. Recall to mind, O you transgressors, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. God says here, you make your God. And then you've got to carry it, and you set it in a room, and you set it up. And you may have to position it so it doesn't fall, but you set it in a place where where it won't fall. And when you go someplace, if you want your God with you, you've got to carry it with you. Because it can't move on its own. You cry out before it, and it does not respond. These woes are before you, and it does not see. You've made your God. One other verse. Turn to Romans chapter 1. And notice verse 22 through 25. Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 22. Actually, I'm going to pick up in verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, And their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. The birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So if these things that God calls gods are not really gods, why does he call them God? Why does he say, you shall not put any other God before me if there really are not any other gods? And the reason is, brothers and sisters, friends, is because we've made them our gods. We've done, people have done exactly what God talks about in Isaiah. We may not have went out and cut down a tree. We may not have gotten down and, and whittled that tree and made a, an image out of it and fall down before it. And if we do, we got serious problems. We may not have taken a piece of metal and boiled it down and uh, 
melted it down and fashioned it into some kind of an idol, whether it be gold or silver, and, and laid up on that mantle, and we worship and pray to that every night and seek its guidance every night. We may not have never done that, may have not even considered doing that. But how many of us have made our job our God? How many of us have made our recreation our God? How many of us have made our family our God? And we could just go down the list. How many of us have put something between us and the one true God and made him, made it our God. We may not bow before it. We may not pray to it. But when it comes to making decisions, that thing, whether it be our careers, whether it be our family, whether it be our possessions, whatever, whether it be our recreation, we give that priority over God. How many of us are guilty of that? How many of us or how many of people that we know that when God looks down on us or looks down on those, he says, give up your idolatry. You've put something before me. And you're to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm to be first and foremost. Jesus said you're to serve the Lord God or worship the Lord God, your God, and only Him you are to serve. When we come to the New Testament, we read phrases that cause us to believe that Satan, or maybe lead us to believe, that Satan is the God of this world. For example, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 33 and 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose mind the, God, the minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. And so here you have Paul writing about this God of this age that has blinded those who do not believe. In John chapter 12 and verse 31 we read, Now is the judgment of this world, now the ruler of this world will be cast out. If we would just consider those two passages and not consider the whole teaching of the Bible, we would think that Satan is in control of this world. But there's a passage in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, that Jesus says that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. There is only one king of kings. There is only one Lord of lords. There is only one who has authority in heaven and earth. That is Jesus the Christ. That is God. And the only authority, Satan becomes our God. Satan becomes our ruler when we make him so. When we reject God, when we turn from God, when we turn to the world, when we turn to worldliness, and we live a worldly life, and we don't put God in our, our first in our lives, 
And you know who's our king? Satan. Satan. You might say, well, you know, I'm not a bad person. You know, I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't kick the dog. I don't beat my wife. I'm nice to my kids. Jesus said, either you're for me or you're against me. There's no middle ground. And if God is not our God, and him only do we worship and serve, then the only alternative is that Satan is our God. And he becomes our God because, because, like those ancient people during the time of Isaiah, because they've made him, we've made him our God. Are there other gods? No. No way, no how, nada, yet, any no that you know, there are no other gods. But we made things that aren't God, our gods. And we can't do that. We can't do that. If we want to enjoy the blessings, not only of this life, but the life that is to come. I was thinking about an article, another one of those little blurbs I was talking about in Bible study, of writing about the last few days. I mean, it's just the news has been plastered, Facebook, social media has been plastered with preparing for the hurricane. Where you can buy water, where you can buy a generator, where you can get plywood, where this is. And I got thinking, you know, We're preparing to save something that at the most we're probably going to enjoy at the outer limits 90 years. You know, there's a few of us that are blessed with more than 90 years, but not too many. And that house that we're worried about saving and this body that we're worrying about saving isn't going to last. And in many ways... That house and our bodies have become our gods. But we're not as concerned about preparing for where we're going to be in eternity. Whether with God in a heaven that's all joy and bliss and no sorrow, no pain or tears. Or in torments with Satan. A place of punishment and pain for eternity. There's no other gods unless you and I make them gods. Remember what God said to the prophet Isaiah. There is no other God besides me, a just God and a savior. There is none beside me. Look to me and be saved. All ye ends of the earth, for I am the God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself. The word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. That to me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall take an oath. If we don't make God our God in this life, we will bow before him in terror in the judgment to come. So I guess the question is, Who's your God? Who's your God? It says something is. 
Something that you serve has become your God if it's not the one true God. But if you want the blessings of the one true God, it comes only through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So if you truly believe Jesus is the Christ, the response to that is to make a change of mind. To no longer serve the things of this world and pursue the things of this world, but to pursue and serve the one true living God. Well, what about your past sins? Jesus said, when we are immersed with him through baptism, it's just as if we've been buried and rise to walk as he did in the resurrection. We arise to walk in newness of life, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 6. We'd like to help you to do that this morning, if that's your need. If you want to know more or discuss more about it, we'd like to study. Let's talk. Let's talk and go through what the Bible says. And if you are a New Testament Christian, and if you build an idol in your life, whatever it may be, turn from it. Because as God said, it's foolish to build something that can do nothing for you. Only God can provide for things that we truly need. We can help in any way once you come as we sing this song of encouragement.